God the Father on this episode of Grace and Growth. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Grace and Growth Podcast, Ministry of First Baptist Church, Shelbina. Uh, again, I am joined today by Brandon Snyder, our youth pastor here at Shelbina, uh, FBC Shelbina, and we're going to be talking uh, more in depth uh, about the, the second article in the Baptist Faith and Message. Uh, we looked last week at God in general, and this week we're going to look at God the Father specifically, that first person there of the Trinity. So Brandon, welcome in. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy Happy New Year indeed. Indeed. I hope you had great festivities. And I think I saw the video of Brant maybe shooting a target or yeah, we a had rocket some, or something. Yeah, we had some Tannerite. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the neighbor said it, well, cousin lives across the way. She said it woke the baby. Oh. So I don't know yeah. if it really did or if she was just saying that. But yeah. Yeah. I'm sure she was just saying that. It was that. loud. <laughs> I bet so. Mm-hmm. I bet so. Uh, she rattled the windows. Oh, well, maybe, maybe she did then. Maybe, maybe she knew what she was talking about. So it was pretty uh, awesome. Yeah. So, uh, well, we are going to, like I said, be talking about God the Father today uh, and kind of what that, those, his specific roles are uh, and, and the personhood and, and how he works and how he operates. And so uh, I'm excited to, to get into this. Uh, and so we'll, we'll just go ahead. Brandon, would you like to, to read what the Baptist Faith and Message has to say about God the Father? Sure. Here we go. God as the Father reigns with providential care over his universe, his creatures, and the flow of the stream of human history according to the purpose of his grace. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, and all-wise. God is Father in truth to those who become children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. He is fatherly in his attitude toward all men. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's a that's a, a small definition in a way, but it's it encompasses a, a lot of different words, a lot of different terms, and uh, and different things like that. Uh, so we'll, we'll just start at the beginning and, and work our way down. Uh, it says, you know, that, that first part there, that God is Father. He reigns with providential care. Uh, over his universe, his creatures, and the flow of the stream of human history according to his purpose of his grace. Uh, that first part there, that he reigns with providential care, uh, that, that is, I mean, that's, that's a really big statement. And then that, that's the, the rest of that is kind of the, the application of that providential care. Uh, but first, we probably need to start by defining providence. How, how would you define providence? Uh, providence is really um, wise and purposeful sovereignty. Okay, so so what is what is the difference? Or like, what well, what is sovereignty then? What is what is God's sovereignty? Well, sovereignty was really God is He is absolutely in charge. He can do whatever He wants to do. He's sovereign. Mm-hmm. Like nobody can stop Him. Yeah. Right. And then, but He also, as part of that, was His providence mm-hmm. in that He cares about mm-hmm. His children. So, how He works out His sovereignty, He works it out with providence. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. So, like, so with with God's sovereignty, we're able to to kind of you know, like like you said, He's uh, able to do whatever that He it is that He wants to do. That there is nothing that can stop Him. That if He you know if He wants to make it rain, He can make it rain. And if He wants to to make it dry, then He can make it dry. If He wants to for the sun to be blue, then He can make it blue. Like nothing can stop Him from from doing whatever it is that He desires to do. Uh, but his providence is different than his sovereignty, right? Uh, and that it uh, is really kind of that that uh, wise and, and purposeful sovereignty, like you said at the beginning, that, that there is a, a direction in mind, that there is a, a means behind his sovereignty, uh, that essentially that like, he's working all things toward a certain end, a certain point, right? Right, which would be his grace, mm-hmm. right? It's, and that's kind of what the statement says. Um, the stream 
of human history according to the purpose of His grace. So whatever, you know, His providence and everything is moving towards that that purpose. So, and well, I, you know, I think, well, sorry to talk over you there, but if you go to, um, in His Word, um, providential care, like you can talk about Matthew six twenty six, and it says here, um, consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, with, with there, you know, we could see that uh, the, the birds, uh, which you can take on to, to every aspect of his creation, and he talks about his creatures, right, that, that they all are being taken care of. They're, they're fed, they're housed, they're, you know, clothed, if you will, even whether it's feathers or, or whatever it is. Uh, that that he cares about them, that he mm-hmm. he sustains them, uh, and so you know, like humans, uh, humanity, are, we are the pinnacle of creation. We're uh, the highest form. We're we are the only ones that he sent Jesus to to die and to save. Uh, and so you know, whenever we think about like, okay, if God is able to care for you know the the birds and the moles and the worms and the elephants and you know yeah. all those different types of things, yeah, then how much more? Would he care for and provide for us? Yeah, and, and it's pretty humbling thought, especially you know, it's, it's not talking about livestock that right. you know that humans care for, mm-hmm. um, or you know, we set them up or graze them or, or whatever. It's literally the the wild animals, and that the ones that when they see you they run right, mm-hmm. and the ones that you're trying to rid from your yard, the moles, and, yeah, and you know the ones you dig up to go fishing, <laughs> you know, like uh, and and to know that you know he's such a big god that he's even over that, mm-hmm. um, it's that's it's pretty neat. It is, it is, uh, and you know, like this. Whenever Jesus is is going through this, because this is from the Sermon on the Mount uh, that he's that he's pulling this out of here. Uh, you know, he's not uh, just talking about this like this is just a, some kind of assumed thing that we can just assume that God is always for us. Uh, but but we see that you know God is the one who is in ultimate control of taking care of things and taking care of His creation that. Uh, that God uses different means for sure to be able to do that. That's mm-hmm. included in us. Uh, but that, that he's always at work. He's always working towards a, a goal. And that you know, really this what, what this means for us, thankfully, is that his care over the universe means that things are predictable. Uh, it means that things can be reliable. You know, we can look at, you know, we, there are, are different things that we rely on. You know, such as the sun rising from the east and setting in the west, right? Right. Uh, there's gravity that we rely on, the, the law of thermodynamics, like these things that are consistent uh, and, you know, you know, laws of physics that we can rely upon and we can know without a shadow of a doubt that this is going to happen uh, and that even these laws of physics really show us the character of God uh, and that, you know, God, because he is unchanging, uh, because he is perfect and holy and good, like gravity is always the same mm-hmm. uh, and that the sun is always setting or rising in the east and setting in the west. Like these things are always inconsistent and forever, uh, at least until the end of creation and whenever he makes a new heaven, a new earth. Uh, but at, at, in our present time, like we can rely upon them because mm-hmm. we can rely upon our God. Yeah. And, and I think that's uh, something that we really take for granted a lot of times, you know, um, it's always funny how many more sunrise pictures you see after time change, you know, like oh, yeah. everybody, Oh, I'm up at sunrise. You know? <laughs> but, uh, I think that kind of speaks to the fact that, you know, like people really, um, when you see these things in creation, it, whether they're believers or not, like they enjoy that mm-hmm. people enjoy a sunrise, people enjoy a sunset. And, 
And we as Christ followers know, you know what, like God designed that, God put that here, and and, and that should show us His um, steadiness, mm-hmm. His providence, if you yeah. if you will, you know, and and you know that the people that um, don't believe, it's just something that happened by chance. Yeah. Um, but to us as believers, it should be almost, uh, you know, something that is, uh, we look at it as a promise. You know, he said there'll be season. Mm-hmm. It'll be season, spring, summer, fall, and winter. You know, yeah. there's going to be sunrise and sunset, and, and you know, that it's going to rain and be dry, and, and, you know, he's in control of all that. And I just think it's uh, predictable and reliable. I, I like that. Now, does that mean it's going to rain every time you need to rain? No. But you need to realize, like, through... We just experienced that last year, right? Right, yeah. So we had this terrible drought here in the Midwest, or especially here in Northeast Missouri. and and But yet, just because it didn't rain, didn't mean that God didn't care for us. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, I, I worry about um, people that don't have the Lord in their life because what do they, what do they leave that up to? Just absolutely chance, you know? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that would have to be what it is, and, and you know... I mean, I don't want to get too far off topic, but like the suicide rate among farmers is is high, mm-hmm. and it has to do with that type of stuff. And and you know whether farmers forget or don't know, or or they just can't see the light of day, or they forget that God cares for them. I, I don't know, but it kind of breaks your heart when you think about these type of things, and and um, it, it's that God cares even when it's not raining, or even if it's raining too much. Right, right. Well, and, 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 you know, that's one of the nice things about understanding God's providence is that it really provides purpose to, to different things in life. Uh, and so, you know, like it's, it's really, it's, it's much easier oftentimes for us to see this, at least initially, uh, whenever it's a good thing that's happening to us, you know, like we get the perfect amount of rain when we need it. Uh, we, we get that job raise that we were looking for, uh, or the job promotion that we were wanting and seeking after working towards. Uh, whenever we, you know, the birth of a new child in our lives, whenever we have, uh, you know, great uh, success or achievement or our sports team wins or, or you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is, whenever these good things, these blessings that happen in our lives that, that make us excited, that make us uh, joyful, uh, yeah. like it's very easy to see see the God's providence in and through that. Uh, but it's whenever things maybe don't go the way that we hope to, you know, whether it's a, a drought uh, that takes place. We there's a, a sickness and a disease that runs through our cattle or our, through our family. Uh, there's job loss, you know, a stock market crash. There's you know any number of things that that happens to us. A car accident uh, that that we're like, oh oh my goodness, you know, like this is this is terrible. This is awful. This is a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, wh- where can we find encouragement in, in those times and in, in those moments? That you know, if God and his if he is sovereign, if he can do anything that he wants to. You know, why did he and his sovereignty and his providence allow this tragedy A, we'll just say, uh, to, to take place in, in our lives? Yeah. Well, I think you can consider Joseph okay. in, yeah. in, in the book of Genesis and where he says, you know, you planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. And, you know, if you're not listening, but you're not, if you're listening, but you're not familiar, if you're listening, I guess you're listening. <laughs> if you're listening, but you're not familiar with the story of Joseph, you know, he was, he was basically, his brothers faked his death and mm-hmm. sold him into slavery, told his dad that he was dead, um, but mostly out of jealousy, mm-hmm. or all out of jealousy. And, you know, God used his imprisonment, and basically, uh, eventually he was second in charge in the kingdom to mm-hmm. Pharaoh, and yeah. he ended up basically running this country. 
And, uh, you know, he, during the most difficult time, still knew the whole time. I'm sure he went through seasons of doubt, you know, how could this happen and, and, all, and all those things. But he knew deep down that they planned this as evil, but God was going to use it for good. And, you know, you can't forget that um, anything that we perceive as bad, you know, it could be the enemy working against you. It could be God's hand, mm-hmm. you know, and, and realizing that whatever is happening, he's going to use it for good. Like we, we like that Romans 8, 28 mm-hmm. and 29, he works everything to good for those that are called according to his purpose. Right. But if you're not living in his purpose and will, uh, I believe the saying, if you're not born again, mm-hmm. you're outside of that. So it does look like chaos and, and no hope, but, mm-hmm. um, that's why I think as Christians, how we react to um, these, this providential care in our life matters because people see that. And we've experienced that in our life. When you go through difficult times, you know, you might hear somebody say, I just don't know how you're continuing on. Well, you know, it's tough, but God gets me through. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay to tell people that because mm-hmm. without him, how would you get through? Yeah. And well, I mean, yeah. people muddle through, people get through, they turn to lots of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they might turn to alcoholism. Maybe they, they just withdraw socially. Maybe they're not part of, you know, but people are dealing with God's providence in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and we as Christ followers, we need to talk about God getting us through. And that's really what the entire Old Testament is, is God getting his people through, you know, trial yeah. after trial after trial. And, and a lot of it's their own doing, but some of it's not, mm-hmm. you know. Well, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and I mean, you know, as you were talking, I was I'm reminded of, uh, one of our own members of church here, uh, you know, who she she lost her husband this year. She lost her sister-in-law this year. She lost her her father or her stepfather uh, this year uh, as well, and all within a span really of a couple months. Uh, and, and you know, for for most people, that would cause them to to just be thrown into a pit of despair. But yet, for for this specific individual, you know, like she has been a rock. She has been steadfast and continuing to. Uh, to to love her family, uh, to to love the church, and to love her Lord and Savior, uh, uh, all throughout throughout uh, you know this this difficult season in her life. And you know I I can't I can't imagine uh, the you know what she's really going through and experiencing. Mm. Uh, and yet you know, but she 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 knows that her Lord does, uh, and you know that Hebrews four tells us that that Jesus can sympathize with our weakness. Like you know God knows what it's like to lose a close family member. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's, uh, uh, most scholars believe that Jesus's father, Joseph, that he had died sometime between, you know, Luke two and Luke three. Uh, and, and so like, he knows what it's like to even lose a, a parent uh, as well. You know, like he, he knows and can sympathize and, and, and can relate to those things. And that, that we know that, you know, the suffering that takes place in our life, that it's not aimless, that it's not meaningless. Uh, and so, you know, whether it's, you know, like in Joseph's situation here where other people are intentionally doing things to them, uh, whether it's his brothers throwing him into slavery or uh, the people who were, uh, you know, the uh, Potiphar's wife who uh, had accused him of uh, sexual assault uh, or even the, the, the butler who had forgotten about him whenever he dreamed right. you know, great things about, about him and he remained in prison for an additional, I think, seven years probably. Uh, you know, all of those things like people, whether directly or indirectly did things to him, uh, but you even go to the example of Job, uh, you know, and his suffering and that it was Satan doing things specifically to him in order to get him to curse the Lord. Uh, and the, the closest thing that we get to a resolution uh, in the book of Job uh, is Job chapter 42, verse six. 
which is uh, where Job says, you know, like, Lord, I have seen you. My, you know, I, I, I knew of you, but now my eyes see you. Uh, mm-hmm. And so like the, the closest thing that, cause Job never got the, to, to see and to know that, Hey, Satan was the one who went to God and asked permission to, to cause all the suffering and harm on his life. Job never saw that. He never knew that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the closest thing that he, he got to a resolution or a conclusion or a a quote-unquote reason, if you will, is that he got to know God on a deeper level as a result. And because of that, he saw all things good and blessed. And that was before he was blessed with more kids and more stuff and all those things. Uh, But he was content to just see and to know God better because of the interaction that he had as a result of his suffering that took place. Right. Uh, Well, I think, too, as you look at that, and, and as we begin to like filter everything that comes our way through that, through God's providence, it's really going to help us see like His control, not just over our lives, but really um, overall history, mm-hmm. <clears throat> over everything that's recorded in His Word, um, everything that we've seen, you know, maybe in your lifetime or lifetimes past. Like God's hand is at work; He's working on His yeah. earth and His creation. Mm-hmm. So, and with the benefit of hindsight, uh, you know, believers uh, can can look back and testify that. Yes, even though things didn't go the way that I wanted to, you know, maybe maybe you had big lofty plans for your career and ended up being a stay-at-home mom, you know, uh, but that you were blessed in that way uh, and, and that, you know, you wouldn't change it any other way. Uh, and, you know, I've heard uh, different people as, I, as I've talked to them in their later years where, you know, like they, they went to the city to work and mm-hmm. ended up getting married or whatever it was and, and coming back to the farm and working as a farm wife or, or you know, just working on the farm in general. Uh, and that even though that going into, you know, growing up, that was never their plan or their dream, uh, that they were truly blessed by, by what the Lord had done and how he had worked in their lives. Uh, and so, you know, with that in, in mind, uh, you know, no matter what is going on in, in you as, as the listener's life, you know, whether you're in a, a great season of blessing and, and fruitfulness, or you're in a season of drought, whether spiritually speaking or, or, you know, physically, financially, relationally, whatever that is. Uh, know that the that it's not purposelessness, that it's not meaninglessness, that you know, that's really what the doctrine of God's providence does for us, uh, is that it provides purpose and meaning in the good times and in the bad. Yeah, uh, That it gives us something to, to hope onto, to latch onto, knowing that, you know, going back to the definition there, it says that all of these things according to the purposes of His grace. Yeah. And that it's really God's grace in your life and that it's fulfilling His purpose for you, which is really the, the best thing. Really, and without... If you think about it too, without negative providence, if you want to call it that, uh-huh. you know what we perceive as negative right. result. Well, we would just think we've got it all figured out. Oh, oh yeah, well, I for can sure. do this in my own power. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a fat bank account, or you know, I've got this paid for and that paid for. I got a good yeah. job, or or you know, I'm 30 years old and healthy. You know, all these things and and you know these these events come into our life that really kind of take us back to square one. Oh, you know. God is in control. Mm-hmm. God is all powerful. I am not. I am I'm a finite creature where He is infinite, yeah. and and He is all powerful and all knowing, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of leads to the to the next point, like where that second sentence, I think it is. He is all powerful, all knowing, all loving, and all wise. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll just we can go ahead and jump right into it. You know, God is all powerful. Uh, the the word in the the Hebrew there for that is El Shaddai. Uh, it's probably a word maybe you've heard of in, in, at one point in time or another, but it really means God Almighty. Probably heard in a '90s gospel song. Oh yeah, probably, probably. 
but Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 uh, says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him, saying that I am God Almighty. Live in my presence and be blameless. Now, as God was appearing to Abram here, he was about to do a miraculous work with him. Uh, and so we need to, uh, and him bringing forth a, a child in, you know, far beyond uh, both his and his wife's childbearing ages. Uh, and so we need, we need to know and to remember that, you know, God is all powerful, that he is not bound by natural laws like we are, you know, that he can go beyond those laws of physics uh, that we are constrained to in order to be able to ac- do and, and accomplish the miraculous that would be according to his purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to me, that brings me comfort because my God doesn't fit in a box. Right. You know, he, he's all powerful. He can do whatever he wants, you know. And <clears throat> as you look at the the records of the Old Testament, you know, what would the Exodus be without the Red Sea crossing? Mm-hmm. Well, it'd still be incredible. Yeah. But that's mm-hmm. yeah, that that defies nature. Well, yeah. yeah you know, and, and he, it's just. Well, and, and you think about uh, Joshua and the conquest of Jericho. And then marching around, blowing trumpets, knock down these, you know, probably ten to fifteen feet thick walls that just came crumbling down, uh, and you know, God's power. What 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 it does, you know, time and time throughout Scripture is that, like God can do these things whether He has an audience or not, you know, but yet He chooses to to allow us to be present for those things to have you know, a small, tiny, tiny role in, in these different things. And, and what a great blessing that it is for us to be able to, to be a part of that, to be a witness to that, uh, you know, and for, for the Israelite people, you know, their faith were strengthened whenever they were blowing those trumpets and then suddenly those walls came crumbling down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the faith of the, the Israelites was strengthened whenever they saw Moses split the Red Sea uh, and being able to, to go through there. Uh, and so, you know, likewise, I think even for for us modern day, even though we're not going around blowing trumpets, knocking down walls, or parting seas as a whole, we are able to share the gospel with people. Uh, And, you know, the Bible tells us that uh, an even greater miracle than these things is seeing a spiritually dead person becoming spiritually alive, you know, raising dead to life. Like that is the greatest miracle that God has has ever performed and continues to perform uh, in the lives of people. Uh, and so us as believers, whenever we, we go and we share the gospel with people that, you know, we're, 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 we're speaking, you know, the, the word of God, the power of God, uh, that all powerful being into uh, the lives of others uh, so that he can turn their spiritually dead hearts, uh, you know, hearts of stone, if you will, into hearts of flesh. Right. It's asking me if I love the Bible app. Sure. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, I think about like Romans one sixteen, right? Because oh, yeah. the gospel is the power, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when, you, when you think about all these, like you were just talking about, all these things in the Old Testament that, that you can look back and see these miracles, but yet salvation is the greatest one, and sometimes we kind of just gloss over it. Oh, you know, I guess I could share the gospel today, you know, or, or right. you know, uh, the, God's put this person in my life, yeah, I wonder if they know Jesus, but yet, you know, if you could see the Red Sea parting, mm-hmm. you'd be there. Yeah. You know, if you could see the walls of Jericho fall down, you would, you would, you know, if you had a time travel machine, you would go back, oh, I want to see that. But yet to go back and, you know, maybe there's a person in your past you maybe didn't share the gospel with or whatever. And you're like, oh yeah, I missed an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Shucks. You know, you know, but to, to think that that's the biggest miracle that has ever been. And we get to take part in that, but yet we kind of just blow it off at times as well, you know, it was that day I was busy, mm-hmm. or I had something on my schedule that I that I I, I just didn't get to it, you know. Um, but you know, something else to think about too is, 
is, is for that person that's lost, uh, that's like God parting their Red Sea almost. Well, yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and it's a, that, that's the same. You know, they had no way of escape mm-hmm. except for, and this is true for all of us, we have no way of escape from this life ex- outside of Christ. Right. And, right. and you know, he's, if you're a believer, he's parted that sea for you and, and, and taken you from mm-hmm. your Egypt, whatever it is. Just, I, I love that song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he took me from my Egypt and, and brought me to my promised land. And mm-hmm. we're not in the promised land yet, but... Um, we've got that promise someday, mm-hmm. and I just I love that imagery. Yeah, of you know I have my own personal Egypt that He has rescued me from. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, there's there's a reason that the Old Testament, time and time and time again, uh, and even in some different Psalms of lament, you know, where they uh, reference the 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 Exodus, you know, they reference Egypt and saying, you know, essentially. If God was able to do that for you, if they were able to do that for your ancestors to to pull you out of that great slavery that you had existed in, uh, that how much more, you know, does He continue to love you? And whatever your present circumstance, your present trial, uh, that that He will pull you out of that as well. Uh, and you know, I, I think back to Psalm seventy-seven uh, and what the psalmist is doing as he is wrestling with his pain, his heartache, his. Uh, his fear that he's experiencing, you know, he's wrestling with God. He's, he's going back and forth, but ultimately he ends up in trusting in the Lord saying, okay, God, I know that you have good things in store for me going back, you know, to his providence uh, and that he is anchoring uh, his, his pain. He's anchoring all these things in the Exodus uh, and that modern day Exodus for us is the cross. Hmm. You know, we go back to the cross and saying, you know, God, if you were willing to send your son, Jesus to die for me, then I know that you can handle this as well. Whatever, this, you know, uh, suffering a is or whatever it is. Uh, but you know, even going back to, uh, that, that scripture, uh, passage that we referenced earlier in Genesis 17, one, you know, he says that I am God almighty and live in my presence and be blameless, you know, because of God's power, because of his grace, because of who he is, he commands that we should live in his presence and be holy. Uh, you know, his, he, you know, he's saying that, you know, because I am God, uh, it is in your best interest, essentially, uh, for you to remain in me and I in you. You know, John 15, uh, that, you know, abide in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit. Uh, you know, like whenever we are abiding in Christ, whenever we are uh, obeying his commands, uh, that's part of the Great Commission, uh, you know, where, where Jesus says, go therefore, baptizing all, all, all nations in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded, for lo, I'm with you always. Uh, you know, like that that you know we, sometimes uh, we wrongly hear uh, that you know Jesus plus nothing equals everything uh, and that is true in regards to our salvation uh, but it's not true in regards to our sanctification and pursuing and remaining in Christ you know that we do need Jesus yes but we also need to obey uh, you know Jesus says uh, elsewhere and uh, John 10 I think that if you love me that you will keep my commandments mm. Uh, you know that obedience and continuing on in that remain, yeah. you know, pursuing holiness is is a, a major aspect of what we need to be doing and, and and as Christians. Absolutely, absolutely. And that kind of leads into the the next part of it, the all loving um, part, where yeah, yeah. you know, and it says kind of like what you were just saying. This is First John four, um, eight and nine. It says the one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent His one and only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Hmm. That's pretty cut and dry. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like we and we covered this a little bit in a previous podcast. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. And and just you know, we talked about how there's a lot of uh organizations in the world that do good things. Mm-hmm. But the church is different in that we're trying to display this eternal love of God. Um and we don't get it perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not a perfect organization. We're designed perfectly. The way God designed it is perfect, mm-hmm. but we're imperfect people trying to to run this um, this organization, this whatever you want, the church. Mm-hmm. And and you know, we 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 mess up, um, but we're just trying to love how mm-hmm. God loved. And you know, uh, when you look through Scripture, uh, if you don't tell people the truth, if you don't tell them what the word says, it's not loving at all. And, you know, sometimes that's taken in a, a wrong way as bigoted or, or mean or ill willed, or you just don't like us cause we don't agree with you. And, and that's not really, that's not the case at all, you know, and, and Jesus didn't act that way either. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we don't speak the truth in love, we're really doing a disservice to our community, to our friends, to the people around us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because we know God, because he lives in us, you know, his Holy Spirit dwells in us because God the Father did all this work. Um, God's love was revealed among us in this way. It says, God sent his Son, one and only Son of the world, so we might live through him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most important part. Uh, it, you know, if you don't have that part, you really you can't love effectively yeah. and truly. Mm-hmm. Like you, you might show affection, you know, instinctually, mm-hmm. because like God designed you still. You know, you know how to to give good gifts and to love and all those things, but you don't know how to love like God does without being reborn. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and our, our love is almost always a selfish love. You know, whether it's gift giving, uh, you know, we love to give gifts. You know, uh, if if that's one of your loves, uh, because you love to see the reaction of somebody. Like you get a some kind of personal satisfaction uh, from. Uh, their their reaction to you know getting the perfect yeah. gift or whatever it is, yeah. uh, or you know even in in marriage like these things go hand in hand and yeah. you, know, you know the reason why divorce rates are so high is because you know someone's not receiving the kind of love that they expect or that they like they feel like hey I'm giving I'm giving you fifty percent why aren't you giving me fifty percent back mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and so you know like that that kind of love is always tainted yeah. uh, because it's a selfish kind of love really it kind of reminds me of. Uh... The Office. You ever watch The Office? Uh, some. Where some. Dwight brings everybody bagels. <laughs> and and he, he's like, there, you went all the way to New York for these bagels? And he's like, oh, yeah, why? Is there a place closer? And then as he's giving them a bagel, he's like, you owe me. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and that's just, that's a perfect yeah. picture of us. Right, you know, right. well, we, It's hard for us to give anything without expecting something back. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, God, he, he, he doesn't require really anything of us other mm-hmm. than... Like you, like you were just saying, like <clears throat> be holy, mm-hmm. right? which is impossible. Like in the Apart aspect of we can't yeah. be perfect, yeah. right? But he knows that mm-hmm. he knows, and and he that's what repentance and and forgiveness and all these things are about. But um, you know, continually um, being repentant and and all these things, um, like to to just know that God's love is perfect, and even when I mess up, that doesn't mean He loves me less. Right. There was that book by J.D. Greer we, we um, wrote called read called Gospel, and a part of it was um, God. I can't make God love me any more by doing really really good, mm-hmm. and I can't make God love me any less by doing really really bad. 
Mm-hmm. It's that God's God's love is the same, you know, and He demonstrated that love, like Romans 5, 8, mm-hmm. like He sent His Son to die for us. Like He demonstrates His love that He sent His Son. And that doesn't change. And that's the perfect love, right? right? And um, it's untainted by any form of selfishness. Mm-hmm. Which and, is, is really amazing to kind of think think through. Uh, and, and that, you know, that because... Like God knows that we we can't provide anything to Him that He doesn't already have access to, you know. He is sovereign; He can do anything and everything that He wants. Him wants, you know. Like we uh, only get the benefit, we only get the blessing whenever we are are living according to how He how He dictates, how He He you know says it in His wisdom and His providence that like this is the best way for you to live life. Like that's what the Book of Proverbs essentially is all about, you know. Like get, gaining wisdom and 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 living the way that God wants us to. Uh, and like whenever we do that, like we're the ones that get the benefit. It's not God getting the benefit because he gets the glory no matter what. Uh, he gets all the glory no matter what. Yeah. I mean, in the end, every knee's going to bow. Yeah. Right. And so like, we are the ones who get the blessing and the benefit whenever we submit to his love. Uh, but not only is God all loving, right. But he's also all wise. Uh, he, he has all, always has the correct behavior, the correct actions, the the correct thought process. You know his his logic is never fault, uh, faulty. Uh, he he knows everything. He can see every possible end to every situation, uh, and is able to you know not just have all the right answers, but to be able to apply them in the right way. Uh, and that, you know that's what really wisdom is, isn't it? Um, being able to 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 do the right thing uh, all the time. Uh, and and taking the right course of action, taking the making the right decision, like God is able to do that every single time, uh, because He is all wise. He's like the ultimate discerner, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know. Uh, and I think about like when you you think about your mood throughout the day, how many times does your mood fluctuate? Oh yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And and just to know that whether I'm angry or sad or whatever, like God's con- He's constant. Mm-hmm. And and while He does have emotions. His emotions are perfect. Mm-hmm. So when I'm angry, it's most likely out of a selfish reason, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, uh, you know, or or when I'm sad, I'm probably is also for a selfish reason, right. you know, and, and just to know that no matter how my mood changes, God is consistent mm-hmm. and, uh, and and he's going to stay the same. That doesn't mean that he he won't be angry or that he doesn't get sad or, you know, when, when you go against him or when you sin that it doesn't, you know, I'm, it's upsetting, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make, it doesn't change his, his, you know, his um, love towards you. Right. It doesn't change this. Um, the, and I guess we kind of already covered that, but but it just doesn't change him. Mm-hmm. So. Well, yeah, and I mean, he, even in that, it's what makes him the perfect judge. You know, he is unbiased, and, and the way that he executes judgment, uh, that that he he knows all things. You know, he knows both sides of the story. He doesn't need a a, a prosecutor and a defense attorney to bring about the evidence. Like he knows. All the evidence that's uh, that's possible, that's available, uh, and every side of every single story you know, that he is able to enact that judgment with perfect consistency, uh, and so that's why we we trust in him. You know, uh, that's why Scripture tells us, you know, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, that I will repay. Hmm. You know, we trust in the Lord to, in order to be able to to re- repay and, and to take vengeance upon our, our enemies or those who have sinned against us. You know, that it's not our responsibility. Like, oh well, so and so wronged me, so I'm really going to get them. Yeah, uh, you know, because that's usually selfish motives and, uh, and, and desires that, w- that we own, ha- that we have here. Yeah. And, you know, judgment really is a great motivator. Mm-hmm. It just is because, oh, yeah. you know, we're, we're scared of judgment. Um, 
we, we don't have to be as followers of Christ, but mm-hmm. uh, because we have His righteousness, not our own, right. He's going to look at and see His Son instead of our good deeds or whatever we did that would never stack up. Mm-hmm. But um, just that that fear, right? Proverbs one seven, this fear of judgment almost or fear of whatever it is, but the fear of the Lord, mm-hmm. right, is the beginning of of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Right. And being around teenagers, <laughs> uh, you, you see this one play out quite often. Yeah. Um, and I, looking back at my life as a teenager, I see it played out time and time again, mm-hmm. where I would not listen, well, to instruction mm-hmm. or people that had life experience. Like, I just beg the students sometimes. I'm like, I lived what you're going through. And if you would just listen. Yeah. To what I'm telling you, I can prevent you so much hardship. Mm-hmm. You know, just look at what God's word says. Um, we've been doing uh, proverbs on Sunday mornings with the students, and and time and time and time again, it talks about this fear of the Lord and wisdom mm-hmm. and pursuing wisdom at all cost. And um, I think it was Proverbs four twenty five. Uh, let me look this up real quick. I don't want to. I don't want to mess it up. Um, proverbs four twenty five. It's talking about these blinders and, and the straight path. And it says, let your eyes look forward, fix your gaze straight ahead. And 26, carefully consider the path for your feet and all your ways will be established. And like when, when we begin to think about um, all these distractions, like it says here, fools despise wisdom and instruction. Well, when I receive instruction, <clears throat> when I receive instruction and I have this fear of the Lord, like I, I need to look straight ahead, right at what he has put in front of me and and not let these other distractions um, affect me because I know he's all wise. Mm-hmm. And and if we know he's all wise and all loving and all powerful, he's providential and all these things, I need to change my life to reflect that. Like this is what God has. I need to put those blinders on, look straight ahead mm-hmm. to what God has put in front of me. And I need to run after that. Right. right. Pursue it mm-hmm. at all costs. Well, yeah. And, and our, our world and our culture, you know, they're, they're not neutral. You know, they don't, our, our world doesn't care if you pursue holiness or you pursue, uh, you know, sinfulness, worldliness, uh, like it, it's, our world isn't neutral in that they, they long for, they desire for you to, to fall into their trap, to get off of that path, to get off that straightway. And so like, they'll, you know, they'll have flashing neon signs for these different things that they know that will entice you, mm-hmm. uh, in one reason or another. Uh, and, and so like, they're constantly trying to pull you away. And so, you know, the, the, one of the things that I love about Proverbs is that like it, it distinguishes people in, in several different categories. Uh, one is is simple, you know, a simple person is not, you know, it's not right or wrong, uh, but it's just someone who just simply doesn't know. Uh, but the fool, uh, the kind that, you know, they're talking about here that the fools despise wisdom and instruction, like that is someone who does know, you know, right from wrong. They knew, they, they know, uh, you know, what the Lord is calling them to, and yet they choose to do otherwise. You know, that is like the, the fool is someone who has received this wisdom. They've received this instruction and yet they did not adhere to it. They did not listen to it. They disregarded it. Uh, and so, you know, I, I want to make that distinction that, you know, there are, sim- you know, simple people all over the world, uh, you know, you and I included sometimes as well, that like, we, we just don't know what we don't know. Yeah. Uh, ignorance. Ignorance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and so, you know, we don't long to remain simple in that way, uh, for sure. We, we should long to continue to learn more about the Lord and what he's calling us to and, and different things. Uh, and, and yet, you know that it's the it's the fool who is uh, being told by God, or you know, being told here by Solomon that they are the ones who are despising wisdom and instruction. You know, that that is what it means to be foolish. It's not that you don't know; 
But that's that you do know and then do not adhere to it. Well, and the awesome part of that is if you do lack wisdom, <clears throat> all you have to do is ask. Right, right. Yeah, James one five. Uh, yeah, it says, you know, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, and who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. That's a prescription. That is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if there's an area where where we are weak or we're not sure what you know maybe the best uh, course of action is to take or whatever, you know, pray about it. Pray about these things. Pray about all things, of course, but you know, especially whenever we're we're you know teetering between decision A or decision B, you know. Go to the Lord in prayer. Seek Him. Seek after Him. You know, it says that He gives generously to all without reproach. That He, you know, He will answer you. He will give you what you need. Uh, and maybe it means reading your Bible more clearly. You know, maybe it means seeking godly counsel as well. Like He's not going to, you know, have have it written in the clouds in the sky. Like, hey, you need to do this. Uh, he might. He, he he. I mean, it's within his <laughs> right? ability it, to it, do It's so. within his sovereignty and, and providence to do that, but most likely, yeah. Probably that's not how typically he he speaks to us. He speaks to us through his words and, and through through um, general means of that way. But uh, yeah, I love the way that James three seventeen describes the wisdom of God as well. It says, "But the wisdom from above is first pure, and then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere." And that's really our God, uh, you know. Those that is all good things for us, and that uh, it's really talking about there the wisdom of God. And of course, you know the the entire book of Proverbs talks about the wisdom of God and, and really Him as a source and, and ways that we are to to live out to life and to to pursue those things. And you know, there's 31 proverbs, uh, and so it's very easy to just read one a day. You mm-hmm. read a proverb a day, and you know, over the course of a year or two, you know, you really begin to to have those things kind of anchored into your mind if you're doing that every single day. Well, I think, too, you, you look at this, um, James 3.17, where it says here, um, pure, peaceable, gentle. And then this one here kind of gets me open to reason. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we, I, it's difficult for us to go to God, like, with uh, um, misunderstanding. But I think he wants us to talk that out with him. Yeah. You know, God, I don't understand how this could happen. I don't understand, you know, uh, uh, this or that. But that, like, to me, that's pursuing that wisdom. Mm-hmm. And it, you're maybe not going to hear his voice right? audibly, but he is going to speak to you and, and show you things through his word, mm-hmm. you know, to say, okay, okay, I will reason with you. Like, and that's not to mean that he's not, like, lowering himself, but he is, he is showing us different, okay, this is how... This is going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we may never see it totally and completely, but um, so many times we just come to God, I, I feel like, with uh, just this laundry list of, of well, we like this, we like that, you mm-hmm. know, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Um, but to, to just open up your heart, really, and just to, I don't understand. You know, how, I just don't understand. Yeah. And, and just to, to, to talk to Him openly mm-hmm. right not that not that you're trying to i don't think he wants you to do this with sin <laughs> well yeah yeah <laughs> you know you're sure. not trying to explain well this is why i did this sin and he's gonna be like oh yeah okay that mm-hmm. makes sense no yeah. that's not what i mean but um there are things like especially when we're talking about wisdom and and trying to discern um like we were talking about for life events whether it be a job or you know should I marry this woman or, or, you know, should I go to this school? If we're talking about, about students, mm-hmm. you know, like 
talk it out with the Lord. You talk it out with every other person in your life. You'll talk it out with your parents. You'll talk it out with friends. But talking it out with the Lord, uh, I think, is an important thing. And sometimes I do that with, uh, like, my kids. Like, I don't understand the—I don't know maybe the next best step. So it's like, Lord, let's. I need to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Like, help me. Show me something, you know. And you know, I think it's important, too, to remember that the Proverbs aren't promises, you know, just because right. you do everything that says doesn't mean it's going to work out exactly. Yeah. You know, because the biggest one that's thrown in your face all the time is if you raise up your children and the way they should go when they're old, they will not depart from it. Well, right. you know, that's a good proverb, and mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean just because you did everything that 100% that that's going to happen because right. there's a lot of a lot of things that happen. Um, but to realize, too, that like his wisdom and, and his providence, um, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Um, to know all those things, even when we perceive it as a negative result, mm-hmm. I, that should give us some hope. Yeah. Um, but just to know that it's okay to, to try to talk to God about things you don't mm-hmm. understand. Well, that's what those, you know, especially like the Psalms of Lament, but the Psalms in general, you know, they are conversations with God. Uh, that they are these songs uh, that are given to the church as a means of helping us to be able to communicate and to articulate these thoughts. Uh, and so, you know, like uh, Psalm 13 uh, is another one where it's like, how long, O Lord, how long, O Lord, how long are you going to let these things happen to us? Uh, and they, they always conclude, every Psalm of Lament, it always concludes and trust. Uh, you know, that that these things, are they're able to help us to see and to know, like these are essentially guidelines or roadmaps, if you will, on how we can communicate with God, how we can reason with him uh, to, to better understand. You know, we are to constantly seek to try to understand him, to, to love him and to pursue him in these things and in these ways. Uh, and so, you know, we need to know that God truly is wise uh, and that his wisdom, his love, his power, that all of these things play into that providence that we talked about at the beginning here. Uh, but it goes on to also uh, talk about even more things in regards to uh, who God the Father is. Uh, So why don't you read the second half of that statement there? God is Father in truth to those who become children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. He is fatherly in his attitude toward all men. Yeah, so we are God's children, uh, right? We're adopted through faith in Christ and into his family. You know, we are like... We are are given a special place and privilege that, you know, whenever we pray to the Lord, uh, we are not saying, you know, all sovereign ruler of the universe, uh, which he is that, mm-hmm. but, but Jesus prescribed to us, you know, he says, when you pray, pray this way, right? Mm-hmm. He says, heavenly father, all right, we get to call him father. We, you know, we get to call him, you know, you know, Abba, no, Abba father, that, that you know, there is a, a special and unique kind of relationship that like. Uh, you know, I, I have with my kids that you have with your kids that, that nobody else does or, or can have you know, because we are his children. Yeah. And it makes a pretty big distinction there as well, um, where it says God is father and truth to those who become children of God. Mm-hmm. But yet then he is fatherly toward fatherly in attitude towards all men. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a distinction. Right, so yeah. we have like you were just saying this Abba Father, mm-hmm. and but yet if you're outside of that, he well he's just fatherly, mm-hmm. like you know well yeah he created you, yeah that's there's a difference, mm-hmm. and um, like this adopted through faith in Christ, like you said he is our Father in truth, um, but this John one twelve it says, 
but to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be a children, uh, to be children of God, to those who believe in his name. Right. And you have to believe to be a child of God. Mm-hmm. Um, that's you can, and you can even see that all throughout Scripture. Right. Um, you, you, anybody that put their faith in God, you know, even even in the in Hebrews chapter ten or eleven, t- eleven. I think the Hall of Faith. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah Hebrews yeah. eleven. You know, it, it begins by saying, you know, these are the the, the people that put their faith. Right, faith mm-hmm. is the most important thing. Right, right. Putting your faith and trust in the Lord and and in God, um, and and just to know um, you're adopted through that, mm-hmm. and that's important because it really distinguishes you between the rest of mankind. Like yeah. that's that's the difference maker. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is putting that faith and trust and, and believing in him. Uh, so yeah, that you have to believe to be a child of God, you know, that the salvation in heaven is not something that is, you know, universal that you'll get there, you know, through Buddha or through, uh, you know, uh, Hinduism or through, uh, just general good practices or because I believe in a God, then, uh, then I'll, I'll get to go to heaven or, you know, God will save me in the afterlife that, you know, wh- whatever it is. Uh, that that you have to be a child of God. You have to believe in God the Son, uh, or well, you have to believe in the God of the Bible, uh, and to trust in Jesus Christ and that His atoning work uh, on the cross for our salvation in order to be His child. Uh, but He is a Father of all creation because, like you said, He created them all, and He longs that none would perish. You know, Second Peter three nine that the Lord does not delay His promise, as some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Yeah. You know? Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that kind of points to the fact that he, you know, he cares about his creation, mm-hmm. cares so much that he sent his son. But yeah. there's that distinction, like if outside of faith in his son Jesus, right, mm-hmm. you're gonna be left out. Yeah. And and uh, that just kind of we can get into a whole other podcast on on how that bridges the gap, you know. And um, but uh, th- that faith and trust in Jesus. Um, that's the key. And, you know, he is not slack in his promise or does not delay his promise. Uh, some understand delay, but is patient with you. And, you know, one thing about uh, patience is eventually that well, there's just going to be no more time. Mm-hmm. It's, you know. Yeah, he it, gives us as much time as really we can possibly have. Uh, and, you know, that he, he, in his grace, like he continues to allow time and time and time again for us to be able to hear the gospel and to, to receive the gospel. Uh, and so it's true of every person on this earth. And that's, you know, that's why it's so important for us yeah. to, to continue to raise up missionaries, to go out on mission and to, to share the gospel, to evangelize, to uh, help others to see and to know, to be a part of that great blessing that God has uh, allowed us to be a part of. Uh, if we, we choose to follow in those steps and to be faithful and obedient and, and, and those things in those ways. Yeah. And I think too, responding um, we all responded, right? You respond to, to the call God's put on your life, whether you know it or not. No response right. is a response. Right, right. You, uh, you chose no. Yeah. Um, but to know that uh, the God of the universe, the Creator God, right? We're talking about God the Father. His, he's not delaying His promise, but yet He is giving you opportunity to believe in Him. And I, There's a, a preacher, he passed away years ago, Adrian Rogers. I, I love to listen to his stuff. Um, but he compared it to, you know, if you're going to burn a stump, right? You go by and, mm-hmm. and, and the stump is dead and you put some diesel fuel on it or whatever. And the first time you light it up, you know, it burns. 
and it burns and burns and burns and burns for a while, mm-hmm. maybe days. But you go and you try to light that again, it's harder to light. Mm-hmm. And each time you try to burn this stump out, it's harder and harder to light. And I think that's a, a good representation of, of how it is when the Lord is calling you. Mm-hmm. You know, the first time, you're, you, it's going to be just, you know, yeah, it's going to be this huge fire, this this burning ember that, you know, you want to, maybe you want to believe in God, you want to put your faith in Him, but whatever, for whatever reason, you're an intellectual or you don't see, you can't understand, you say no. Well, then the next time, you know, you get that prompting, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not going to be until eventually you, it's, well, it's yeah, hard to light yeah. at all. Yeah, it was, you know, as you say, say no to God once, then it gets easier to say no a second time and a third time and a fourth time and, and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. The same is true of sin and temptation, you know. Sure. You know, the first time that we say yes to sin, uh, it, you know, Oftentimes it's very harmless. It you know it doesn't seem like a very big deal that nobody get caught. You maybe you had a small rush or whatever that even came from that. It gets easier to say yes the second time, the third time, the fourth time, and before you know it, you are entrapped and you are enslaved in that trap of sin. Yeah, uh, that's why I always laugh about uh, like middle school sex ed classes. Oh yeah, you know oh you have sex, you're going to get pregnant, and you're going to get STDs. Well, guess what? The first time when you do that and you don't have nobody gets pregnant and there's no sexually transmitted diseases, you're like. Oh, oh yeah. I got off scot free. That's all. That's the only uh-huh. when, when you don't realize that like, there's m- way more consequences than that. Yeah, and you know they don't get into those, but we can mm-hmm. get into the spiritual side of that as well. But um, just just knowing um, that, like wh- like what you were saying, like each time you give in mm-hmm. or or don't give in to the Lord, like yeah. it it it's, it it affects things, mm-hmm. and and that's not to say like you know like we were just talking about God's providence, right, and right. and His providential care, and and He will. Um, see you through, mm-hmm. and I, I can look at my own life and see God's hand at work, time and time again. Um, you know, as a person that gave my life to the Lord when I was uh, young, eight or nine years old, but then um, I didn't get baptized till I was like thirteen, and then you know, it just always kind of hot and cold, and then eventually to where it was just mostly cold. Mm-hmm. And but yet I always felt this tug, this pull, like. I ought not be doing this, but I was a, I was what it was describing in Proverbs, right? Fools despise wisdom and instruction. That was me. I was a fool mm-hmm. because I knew what I should be doing and continually choosing to not do those things. And eventually, God got a hold of me when mm-hmm. you know at this Promise Keepers event. Uh, I can't even remember what year it was now, but like there was no doubt He was speaking to me, like a hundred percent. Like yeah. I was like honed in, you know, like a like he had me, you know, and, and, um, oh yeah, it was just, and, and, you know, from that day forward, like this fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of wisdom. Like, um, and maybe it took me having a family to know what fear really was. I had really nothing to fear, um, in those younger years, but now I had a family, Mm -hmm. um, that I could lose. Yeah. Right. And, and that to me was kind of this catalyst, this, this, wake up moment, whatever you want to call it, that, uh, my stump burning moment or whatever, mm-hmm. where like, I knew I have to change my life. Right. I've got to go this way or, mm-hmm. or is, you know, bad things are going to happen, perceived bad things or whatever. And it, and that would have been God's providence as well. Mm-hmm. His providential care trying to get me to where he wanted me. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I, that takes wisdom, I think, to be able to see that not, and I'm not trying to puff myself up, but like when I can look back on that and mm-hmm. say, that is absolutely God's providence, mm-hmm. and and Him preserving me to until that time. Yeah, and like this, per, there's patience and and this 
um, delay that it's talking about for mm-hmm. his promise. And, and so what we can learn from this, and you know, praise God, one, that it didn't have to get to where you were at the, the prodigal son in Luke 15, you know, you were eating with pigs or whatever to, in order to sustain yourself, that, that it didn't take that for you to get to, to the moment where you realized you needed God. Uh, but that, you know, this, these truths that we've been talking about this whole time, you know, they're very applicable to mm-hmm. us in our own lives. Uh, and, you know, they help us to see, they help us to understand and to, to know that, okay, yes, I am going through uh, a difficult time right now. And maybe it's a result of my sin. And God is trying to help me to see and to know that. <clears throat> uh, but maybe you know, this is just a, a means of helping the Lord trust in, in him more, more so than my circumstances. Uh, you know, we, we don't know always why God does what he does in the moment, you know, but with the ability of hindsight, looking back, we can say, okay, you know, that this is how it, all these things transpired and that God truly is a good father for me. So absolutely. All right. Well, that'll do it for today. Uh, thank you guys so much for, for joining us and, and for being a part of this journey and learning more and more about God the Father. Uh, I hope you were enlightened and encouraged and even inspired by the goodness of God, His, His Word, and the role of, of Father that He has towards us. Uh, and so, uh, you know, you're more than welcome to, to join us uh, on this faith journey. And in whatever way that you can, you can find us on, on Facebook at Shelbina FBC or our website at ShelbinaFBC.com. Uh, or you can feel free to join us at our Sunday service at 10 15 a.m you know we'd love to have you there and join us as we continue to learn more about the goodness of god and especially how he and his fatherly role works and advocates for us until next time may god's blessings be upon you